are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome to Devil's Talking Padres. The Padres were just swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was hard to watch. And if you didn't watch it, it's a very good decision by you because the three games, they were ugly. The Padres' offense was non existent. They went 10 for 111 as a .09 batting average. Just bad. No other way around it. And now the Padres are two games out of the wild card picture. So, Bobby, I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, overall, the series was just awful. We'll get to that second game soon, which was an insane one to watch for everyone who watched it beginning to end. But this series sucked. This was awful. And, I mean, even on, even that, that game three loss would have even still made me feel better if the, if the Reds had lost. I mean, after the Padres had gone out of the series still a game behind, it's not like – it's like any of the the games, like oh, we have to win this, like oh, or we should have. I know the second game, we t- Padres totally should have won that game. We had so many chances, but going into a series of the Dodgers is always tough. And coming in, I said we need to win two out of three, no matter how bad we were. Had to t- have to turn around the ship somehow. And Padres were a game back from the wild card starting this series, and now we're two games back. But just tough series, and we'll get to more about it soon. Yeah, they they just looked lost at the plate. The pitching was phenomenal all series. They, I mean, they did not deserve to get swept, but the offense certainly did. Game one, Potters lost five to two. The bullpen surrendered five runs. Jerickson Profar had a two run home run late in the game, and the Potters tried to claw back, but they weren't able to successfully. And game two was the game that went sixteen innings. The Potters were up one to nothing following. An unearned run, like the most unearned run imaginable, an error that got Kroner North to second and then moved him over on an Eric Hosmer ground out. And then, or was Eric, yeah, it was Eric Hosmer. And then Will Myers hit a little dribbler to Turner that uh, it just wasn't hit hard enough for Turner to make a play on it. Will Myers beat it out. So that was the one Padres run for the first 14 innings of the game. Uh, Austin Barnes, not Will Smith. Hit a solo home run off Blake Snell on his 106th pitch. It was a good pitch by Blake Snell. It was above the letters, but Will Smith got his hands up and uh, put it off the mini scoreboard in left field, about 400 feet away from home plate. And then for the first five extra innings, Padres relievers held the Dodgers from scoring despite the runner starting on second base, but the Padres weren't able to score in either of those innings. The Dodgers scored two runs in the 15th inning. But then the Padres responded when Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a game-tying two-run home run. But unfortunately for the Padres, the Dodgers then scored two more runs in the 16th inning, and the Padres weren't able to score in the bottom half. So they lost that game 5-3. to three. And then on Thursday, the series finale, Yu Darvish allowed four runs, three of them in the third inning, and the Padres were shut out by Max Scherzer, who many Padres fans thought they were acquiring at the trade deadline. Unfortunately, that was not the case. He shoved for the Dodgers and killed the Padres this game. It was just ugly. And game one was pretty unenthusiastic and it was a bullpen game for the Padres. So they already had a lower hand as going up against Julio Urias, who had been pitching really well of late. And 
the Dodgers didn't really do anything offensively until late in the game when Daniel Camarena and Reese Kinnear came in, who are two guys that probably really shouldn't be pitching at the major league level right now, but the Potters bullpen is so depleted because they've been overworked. The Potters didn't score until the eighth and they scored on a Jerkson profile home run that only went 340 feet. And coming into this series, our best, we knew that our best chance to win at least against the opposing pitcher was against Urias. And he's been amazing all year, but this was the worst pitcher on the mound of the three starters for the Dodgers. And that's crazy considering how good he's been, but Padres held the Dodgers to one run through six with a bullpen game. I mean, Pierce Johnson allowed one run Adams Pagan, Pagan was amazing. Two innings, 24 pitches, four Ks. Chris Matt struck out two in an inning and through six, we allowed one run against the Dodgers. And look, with a bullpen game, I was not expecting that at all. And then Cameron allowed three hits, two runs, and in a third. That really hurt. And then Canara allowed <laughs> two runs in an inning. But Profar came off the bench at the two run homer. I went 346 feet. So not far at all, but that barely went over. But I mean, it's an ugly game. Padres had three hits and over fourth runners in scoring position, which, believe it or not, gets worse later in the series. It's ugly, and the Padres showed zero life, but the bullpen was lights out. I think Emilio Pagan deserves a huge nod in this game. He came in through two scoreless innings, struck out four batters on 24 pitches. He looked incredible, and if the Padres want any shot at making the playoffs, you're going to need that Emilio Pagan to show up because he ain't pitched in the last two games because – he needed the day off after throwing two innings on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, they didn't really need any bullpen guys because you Darvish went six innings. So, uh, and they were losing no need to bring a Pagan there, but Pagan who his time with the Potters has been a little bit up and down after acquiring him in the off season before the 2020 season, he's been solid, but I think Potters fans and the Potters were expecting a little bit more out of him, but this was easily his best outing as a Padre. He looked, dominant like the fastball had had the rise that uh he's been known for slider also looked good his cutter looked good if the Padres can get that Emilio Pagan that's going to help out a lot in the remainder of the year game two I mean this was the heartbreaking one the Padres they had it and then Will Smith hit a home run at the letters and then ended up going 16 innings Potters got four hits in 16 innings. They didn't get a single hit from the fifth inning until the 15th inning. And they wasted so many good bullpen outings. I mean, Melanson came in through a scoreless ninth. Stammen through a scoreless 10th. Tim Hill through a scoreless 11th. Austin Adams through a scoreless 12th. Nabil Krismat through a scoreless 13th. And Sean Anderson through a scoreless 14th. And all those guys, so Melanson came in and faced the top of the order. And Stammen came in, Stammen through Anderson came with a runner on second base. And not one of those guys allowed a run. And the Potters couldn't score. It was mind-blowing. But the one thing that needs to be talked about is Will Myers, he left this game after the eighth inning with a hamstring issue. And they put in Jake Marisnik for a spot and left. So at that point, Profar had been used off the bench. And Marisnik just came off the bench. So the bench at this point was Kim, Pham, and Caratini. It's three guys. It goes to extras, and Nola's the guy on second base, and Nola's been the catcher. The Potters have a chance to win this game just by getting in that run. 
So the pinch run, Ha Sung Kim. No one looks at that as a bad move. I think that's fine. Mariznick comes up and they pinch it Tommy Pham with first base and second base open after Eric Cosmer moved over Kim. Obvious move to intentionally walk the batter, knowing that, hey, you want to be able to set up the double play ball. And Mersnick was facing a lefty, Alex Vasia, who's been really good for the Dodgers this year. But Mersnick's been good against lefties. Jay Stingler pinch hit Tommy Pham for him, and Pham ended up getting intentionally walked. Then Adam Frazier couldn't get a base hit, which he needed to because then Caratini had to pinch hit for the pitcher. And all of a sudden, the Potters had zero guys left on their bench at the 10th inning. And then when... The inning ended because Caratini didn't get a hit. Jace Tingler double switched in for Kim's spot, which was then going to be fifth up in the order instead of to say Frazier's spot and to put Kim at second base. And that comes back to bite the Padres because Grisham leads off the inning. He gets out. Tatis gets out. All of a sudden there's two outs and they can just intentionally walk the next two batters and face a Padres pitcher because there's no one left on the bench. So Complete mismanagement by Jace Tingler. It probably cost the Potters this game. We'll never know as fans, as the Potters, we'll, we'll never know. But it probably cost the Potters this game. And it's really tough knowing that a fairly obvious double switch situation to try and delay the Potters pitcher from coming up as late as possible is going to end up costing this team. And the Potters offense was just so lost. And the Dodgers bullpen, they have some talented arms out there, but Absolutely no way should the Padres have got no hit from the fifth inning until the 15th inning when Fernando Tatis Jr. barely hit a home run. And it just was tough to watch. And before I get into the absolutely atrocious hitting in this game, Snell coming into this game, we knew that he needed to go deep into the game. And he went deeper than I would have ever thought. Through seven and two-thirds, three hits, 10 strikeouts, and one run, which is on the home run from Will, Will Smith, of course. But... Even though though he went seven and two thirds, we still used eight relievers in this game. And obviously that's because we couldn't score in extras. We couldn't score more runs earlier in the game. But it was, I mean, it was a great outing by the entire bullpen besides Camarena. But Daniel Hudson, you mentioned everyone, Hudson, Melanson, Stamon, Hill, Adams, Krismat, Sean Anderson came in, pitched one inning, struck out two guys and walked a guy. But that was a great outing from him, seeing him in his Padres debut, I believe. But, I mean, just watching the guys out there on the mound, Adams was hyped. Chris Matt was hyped. They got out of big outings, big jams and extra innings. And then Cameron came in and pitched two innings. I know we had Pierce Johnson and one other pitcher available. I can't remember who, but 49 pitches for Cameron really hurts. I know that the two other pitchers both pitched on Tuesday night, so didn't want to throw them again. But it was just a tough break late in the game and it was just disgusting watching all of these Padres players I know there's a lot of them were pitchers but going down looking with the chance to walk it off I'm going to bring it up now Padres with runners in scoring position two for 24 absolutely awful in a 16 inning game of course they had a lot of chances but so many chances to walk it off in the 10th 11th 12th 13th 14th 15th inning 9th inning and it Caratini, he went 0 for 3 with runners, in scoring, with runners in scoring position. Had a chance to walk it off three times. Next inning, ended up on second base three times. Hosmer, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Frazier, 0 for 3. I mean, 
Frazier was just not good this game, and he's not been good as a San Diego Padre. And I know that sucks. Like, at the time, oh, we trade for the league leader in hits. It sounds great. Need starting pitching? Guess we'll take Frazier. But he has been awful with us. Dropped a ball in extra innings, which did not end up mattering because we got out of it. But, I mean, just awful performance by the Padres lineup. Grisham was 0 for 4th, runners in scoring position. Hosmer 0 for 7 in the game with 3Ks. Tatis struck out four times. One of the worst games of his career until that home run. He was 0 for 6 with 4Ks going into that at bat. And, of course, he ended up tying it. It was awesome. And then A.J. Pollock ended up hitting the home run. But this was just a tough game to watch. Padres had four hits in 16 innings, left 18 guys on base. And for Snell, super happy for his outing. In a 1-0 game, I don't know if he sh- should have been in it. I know he was dealing, but it's a one-run one game. And I know that if he gets that guy, you say, oh, good, he went eight innings. But – with 122 pitches, I think he should have been pulled before that home run. I know I say that after he, the home run gets hit off of him to tie it, but he, he was getting worked hard. He threw a lot of pitches, and I think if we went to the bullpen a few batters earlier, Padres would have won this game. We'll never know. And I didn't like Blake Snell coming out for the seventh inning. He ended up getting through it. I really didn't like him coming out for the eighth inning. And it was because the Dodgers had two right-handed batters and then a lefty for the third guy in both those situations. Now he got through it in the seventh and I'm like, all right, good job, Blake. You agreed at it, but he went back out there and he looked good. He looked good. I don't think you could really say anything other than that. The pitch to Will Smith that he hit the home run on was a ball. It was an effective spot, but Will Smith was looking for it. He got his hands up there. You just got to tape your cap at that point. And it's really unfortunate to be saying that, but, that's just the reality of it. I mean, Blake Snell was so good in this game and he threw 122 pitches. He went seven and two thirds. Those are both career highs for him. Blake Snell wanted the opportunity to be able to pitch deep in the games. And he's shown that he can do that this year. I, I think that's a huge takeaway. Obviously there's been a lot more bad starts and good starts for Blake Snell this year. And there's been a lot of average starts mixed in between those, but We've all seen that Blake Snell is capable of doing it. He is capable of working deep into the games. Now, the Rays' philosophy, they have their ways. It's worked for them. It's hard to criticize it. It was easy to criticize it in Game 7 of the World Series because it was so obviously a mistake. But Blake Snell, he went out and he showed, and he's shown a couple of times this year, that he can work through his stuff and he can work deep into games. And I think that's going to be a very... Vital piece for the Padres for the next month and for the next two years because he is still a Padre after the year because the Padres still have a good roster going forward, but they're just lost right now. Game three, the Padres lost 4 nothing. I don't really think there's anything to say about it. You Darvish had a bad ending stretch. Outside of that, he looked really good. The Padres are going to need him to be good. Going down the stretch of the season, he only walked one guy, and that had been kind of uh, something that had been biting him lately. He threw 102 pitches, 67 of them were strikes. It's a very good ratio, but the Potters were just outmatched by Max Scherzer, who is one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best pitchers in baseball history, period. He's got three Cy Youngs for a reason. The offense was bad. They only got three hits. Machado got one of them with two outs in the ninth. It was a chopper to the third baseman, similar to the one that Will Myers got the base hit on. It was ugly. And, of course, Caratini in his his first at-bat since uh, in the game 
after he went 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position with the game on the line on Wednesday night, he got a double. And it's like, all right, you know, we, we can't we can't choose when it gets the big hit. But uh, it certainly was frustrating after he didn't get the job done on Wednesday to see him in his first at bat get the double, which it's hard to complain, but it's just like, come on, that's it's just a bad break for the Padres. Ugly game. They got killed and they got swept. And for this game, after using, after having pretty much two straight bullpen games, Darvish, I mean, he did not look good in the third and fourth inning, but perfect first and second. Thankfully, he's able to go through the six, pitch a scoreless fit, pitch a scoreless fifth and sixth inning. Not his best outing at all, but Stammen came in, two innings, two strikeouts, shutout. Sean Anderson again, twelve pitch inning. He's been. He looks great his last two or his two appearances in this series, but I know that we're going against Bueller or going against Serger, but just do something. Just find a way to get on base, to get hits, score runs, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Padres had zero walks in this game. Padres only had one walk in this game and struck out 11 times. Tatis 0 for 4, 2Ks. Cronworth 0 for 3 with a strikeout and did draw a walk, but this is just an ugly game and it's tough going against these Dodgers pitchers who are both in the site or I don't know if Scherzer for some reason, I don't see Scherzer's name really in the Cy Young race, but still one of the best pitchers in the league. Bueller, probably the leader in the Cy Young race right now up there with Corbin Burns, but it's just an ugly game, ugly series. Padres had 10 hits in 36 innings. And on Thursday's game, I was just sitting on the couch, just dead faced the entire game Two and there's only two times, maybe maybe three times that made me somewhat smile, and that was when Caratini got caught a ball in the dirt and then tried to frame it just in the middle of the strike zone. I don't know. That if was cool. That. It was that, cool. That, yes. that made me laugh. The other part that made me laugh, smile, chuckle, finally for the first time in three days, was the beach ball in left field. I mean, don't be hitting them in the outfield if you're that close to the field. But when I saw the security guard get the ball, made me laugh. But Enough about that. Grisham had an amazing play, robbing a home run. I mean, I wasn't even screaming about that. It was 4-0. He, sh- he should make that play after that play he made earlier. Where he, and he, I mean, he's a gold glover. We know what he can do in the outfield, but misplayed a ball, hit his glove, and it ended up being a triple, which scored on a sack fly f- for another run. But Padres did make some good defensive plays in this series. Kim had a nice flip on Thursday. Grisham robbed the home run. Myers robbed a home run earlier in the series and Grisham caught a ball at the wall in an, I believe Wednesday's game that, or maybe Tuesday's game that could have been gone, but great plays by the Padres defense this series, some bad ones as well, but just atrocious hitting. I was happy with the pitching. I mean, the starters did great. The bull, the bullpen day starters did fine. The extra inning relievers were amazing and we're going against a tough Dodgers lineup and they're going against what should be a tough Padres lineup, but this is just a tough series to watch. Don't care what batters, what pitches we're going against. Just do something, score runs, figure out how to win a game. Yeah. Um, the pitching staff deserves a big tip of the cap and Craig Stamen came in and he threw two scoreless settings on the bullpen. He saves an arm and inning that can be used on Friday against the angels, which is a series that we'll talk about, but Sean Anderson, he pitched both Wednesday and Thursday and threw a scoreless inning both times. That could be a nice little piece for the Padres going forward. He's a major league experienced arm pitched a couple of years with the giants and then got traded to the twins. 
but the Potters bats were just so awful. And it's the Dodgers didn't play well this series. I, I want to make that very clear. I, they didn't, but their pitching staff was so good. And the Padres lineup was so bad that they got away with looking bad with a sweep. And, you know, you, you give a lot of credit to their pitching staff because they looked really good. I mean, the Padres don't just go with a 0.09 batting average over three game series just because they're bad and the Dodgers deserve some credit for their pitching, but man, to have the pitching staff for the Padres pitch so well, and have the Dodgers bats not really come around in any of the games. That's tough. It's tough to lose like that. And you know what? Hopefully the Padres they're, they're angry. They're going to come out firing against the angels and against the diamondbacks. And they can turn this ship around because it's ugly for the Potters right now. You got anything else you want to add about the series before we just like talk about what the Potters can work on? Yeah, just two more small things. I mean, Potters, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Padres struck out looking way too many times this series. A lot of chances to walk it off and did talk about how we ran out of subs. Tingler decided not to double switch and that led to three pitchers hitting for us. And I know it's Musgrove, solid hitter for a pitcher. Cam Reina, Weathers, who have both have home runs this year. Didn't expect them to do anything, but Tingler really screwed up in that position. And Padres fans are talking about it, are saying, why is, I mean, not at all, why is he still here? But some guys are saying fire Tingler. That's something to figure out after the season if we don't make the playoffs with this roster. Padres are currently two games back of the Reds, but just a awful, awful series. It's really bad. And the Padres, they're, they're better than this. They're only seven games above 500 right now, which, you know, considering the Padres is good, but considering what the Padres expectations were coming into the season, that's bad. Now you mentioned Tingler. I don't think it's his fault at all, but I do think that Damien Easley's head is on the chopping block at this point. Damien Easley, the Padres hitting coach, the Padres for a while, the offense is looking good. It's definitely regressed this year. I was looking at it, their average, their OBP, the home runs, the slugging percentage, it's all gone down this year from last year. And the approach as of late has been horrible. The Padres hitters have been getting exposed inside and just not really been able to hit anything. And I would be not surprised if the Potters end up making a change soon. I would not be surprised either. That would not, I mean, would look good that we're making changes. Not this, I mean, this late in the season, there's issues Ross child's gone. If we fire both a pitching coach and a hitting coach that, I mean, obviously that just means something is wrong and we know something is wrong, but I mean, Potters, since we beat the Marlins two, two games in a row, had a four game win streak, lost four in a row, won a game, lost four in a row, won a game, lost four in a row. We were 17 games over 500 after, before we lost seven zero to the Marlins. And now seven games over 500 and not even in the playoffs. It's been bad ever since I packed up and left the city of San Diego, the Padres have been a dumpster fire. I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm just pointing out that fact that I was driving out, listening to the game on the radio. And as soon as I passed in Imperial County, uh, that was when the Padres started to lose that game. And it's been ugly. It's no other way around it. And the Padres, they're better than this, but they have been so bad over the last two weeks. The approach has got to get better. They got to start laying off some pitches. They got to start hitting the pitches that are mistakes. And you're facing two really bad pitching staffs 
this upcoming week that'll provide a really good opportunity for the Padres to get a feel for things. But man, I have zero reason to believe why the Padres are going to turn this around because it's just been that ugly. Well, now do our Devil and Wildcat of the Week. Devil of the Week is a Padres player who performed well this past week. The Wildcat of the Week is a player who has performed poorly this past week. Uh, as you can probably assume, the Devil of the Week is going to be a pitcher, and the Wildcat of the Week is going to be a hitter. Uh, Bobby, take it away with Devil of the Week. All right, Dom, my Devil of the Week will be Blake Snell. He had two starts in the past week, both losses, but first one was against the Phillies. Not even a great overall start. Went five innings, two hits, three runs. Not the best outing ever, but did have nine strikeouts, two, two walks. Looked good in that game. Then there's a start against the Dodgers, seven and two-thirds, three runs, seven and two-thirds, three hits, one run, and 10 strikeouts. And the number that I like the most right there, zero walks. That's the first time all season that Snell has had zero walks and came in a big game, didn't give away any free passes. Stuff was looking amazing. There were 122 pitches. Might have stayed in too long is what a lot of Padres fans think, including you and me. But Zerina is now down to 4.58, which is not the best, but was 5.44 at the end of July. And he had a 2.12 ERA in the month of August. So Blake Snell looked great. He's been hitting his spots. His stuff's been looking good and he got his command under control his last start. So for that, Blake Snell is my devil of the week. I think Snell is definitely a good choice. Could have gone elsewhere on the pitching staff. I mean, Pagan, maybe Musgrove, but Snell did have two good starts, so I think that's a good choice. Wildcat of the week was really tough this week, which is never a good thing because that just means that multiple Padres were not playing well. And I could have gone with a lot of players. I could have gone with Fernando Tatis Jr., who only had, I think, one hit. I know he only had one hit against the Dodgers, but I think he... Didn't get a hit against the Phillies either. Could have gone with Machado. I could have gone with really anyone. I'm talking about Adam Frazier just because he's the guy that the Potters brought into the trade deadline and he's been really bad. He did get a hit on Wednesday in that long game, but he also went one for seven. It was just really bad. In his last seven days, he has three hits. It's a 176 batting average, 440 OPS. And Frazier... He's not the problem with the Potters right now. He's certainly a big guy that looks lost up at the plate, and he just needs to get back in his groove, make contact, hit the ball on a line, not these weak ground balls, but he's been swinging and missing a lot. I think what you said the other day was because he was your wildcat of the week last time too, and you just talked about how he had more strikeouts than hits, and that, of course, is still the case. But he also hasn't played as much since then, so I think that makes it even worse. And Frazier, with him playing at second base and maybe in the corner outfield, it's giving less opportunities for some of the other players. Tommy Pham has seen a, redu- has seen a reduction in his playing time. Will Myers has seen a reduction in his playing time. Fernando Tatis Jr. in the outfield because they want to keep Frazier in the infield. That's the way it's been. I could have went Jake Cronenworth. He didn't have a single hit against the Dodgers. Could have went Eric Cosmer. He wasn't good either. It's just... It's been really bad for the Potters' offense this last week. They ain't scored more than four runs. Or they ain't scored more. They, yeah, they didn't score more than four runs in any of the games in this six-game homestand. They scored four runs in the game against the Phillies on Saturday, and they had one run with two outs in the ninth in that game. And then Jake, Cur- and then Jake Cronenworth saved the day. But it's a really ugly series. 
the Potters should be disappointing themselves because they're throwing away what was a great season. And with Adam Fraser, it was an interesting and out of kind of out of nowhere move at the deadline. Got the league leader in hits, which everyone mentions, of course. He was hitting 327 when the Padres got him and had a nice nine-game hit streak, which went from August 4th to August 13th. And he hasn't had a multi-hit game since August 8th. Had th- went three for four in that game. Was still in the hit streak, which ended on August 14th. But he hasn't had a multi-hit game in almost three weeks. He's going one for three, one for four, oh for four a lot of the time. And one for four, that's not good enough. I mean, we got him to put the ball in play. Not at all power bat. He hasn't hit a home run as a Padre. That's not why we got him. We got him to get on base, hit the ball, get give Tatis, give Machado, give Cronenworth, guys on base to hit him in. And he just has not been doing that. He struck out a lot in the past two series. He had six strikeouts in the past five games and he's just been not not been looking good not getting on base only drew one two walks in the past two series uh but it was it was a good move at the time came out of nowhere but i liked it but there's so many picks for a wildcat of the week machado cronworth did not get a hit all series against the dodgers machado did get a machado did get a hit forgive me it was in the ninth inning, and he hit it, and he hit it about seventy miles an hour. Corona right. did not get hit in the past series. Machado had one hit, as you mentioned, in the ninth inning of the last game, and Tatis had one hit, and that was the home run. But just a really cold lineup in that first game. Our top five hitters went, I believe, zero for seventeen, and that is never going to be okay. I mean, I know it's the Dodgers. Don't care. Get a hit. Our lineup is good, but they're not showing that they that they're good. And Hodges are cold and. I mean, it's this this whole lineup could be wild cut of the week, but Frazier was a good pick again. Sucks, but it's the way it rolls. All right, upcoming series against the Angels. It's a two-game series, which is really weird, but uh, it's similar to what the Padres did with the A's. They will finish it later in the week when the Angels come back to San Diego. So this is just a very brief five-game road trip for the San Diego Padres, and there will be no game on Sunday, which is really weird. I can't remember the last time the Padres had an off day on Sunday, but that is the case. So what are your expectations for this two game series against the angels who have just lost two straight to the Baltimore Orioles win two games. I mean, this team is 63 and 66 Orioles had won. Orioles had lost 19 in a row going into that series. Angels won the first game 14 to eight and the Orioles won the next two, 10 to six and 13 to one. The angels pitching staff has not looked good at all. They've always had issues pitching the past few years, but this past series, they allowed 8, 10, and 13 runs in three games. So that, I mean, we won't see Otani this series. It doesn't look like on the mound, at least. But we'll see him at the plate. I'm excited to see him. But if we split, then sweep the D-backs. These next five games, I want to go 4-1. and one. We'll talk about the D-backs on the next episode more. But win both these games, and I will not be complaining again. Yeah, the Angels, they are also struggling like the San Diego Padres. Their pitching staff is horrific, and the Padres will not face Shohei Otani in this series. We'll see how it lines up for next week. But that is a good thing because he's, of course, like the only good pitcher on this team right now. There's a couple of good young pitchers for them, but the fact that they will not be facing Shohei Otani is a massive victory. 
for the San Diego Padres. For the Padres, the pitching will line up for them. Joe Musgrove going on Friday. So that's going to give the Padres a good chance to break the little losing streak that they're on right now, which is a four game losing streak. And then on Saturday, the Padres have yet to announce a starting pitcher. It could be Ryan Weathers. Who knows? Could be a bullpen game. It's not going to be ideal no matter what. And the Potters are going to need another good outing out of Joe Musgrove. The last couple of starts from the starting pitchers have been good. I mean, you saw Musgrove go six innings, one run on Saturday. And then Sunday and Tuesday were bullpen games. And then on Wednesday, you'd the really good start from Blake Snell. And he got six innings, four runs. So not a great start from Darvish, but certainly was workable. And he gave the Potters some length out of it. So Musgrove looking to see another good start from him. And then whoever they end up rolling with on Saturday will be big for the Padres. Yeah. And for Joe Musgrove, five of his last six stars, he's been amazing. He allowed more than two runs in one of them. And that was the game we were at where he allowed 10 hits and five innings and six runs. But other than that, he's been looking amazing. His last six starts coming off a six inning one run performance, which was on a home run against the Phillies last Saturday. So he will have six days of rest will be nice and rested, which is big. Padres are off on Sunday, like you said, so bullpen day on Saturday could be fine. Padres will finally get, get a day of rest after that before they tr- travel to Arizona. But I'm just glad after all these days, even if we have a bullpen day on Saturday, that Phil's get a day off because the arms need it, the lineup needs it. And this series, I expect, I mean, if the Padres don't put up at least five runs in both games, I'll be very upset. Against this Angels pitching staff, I would not be surprised if Padres offense wakes up and scores double digit runs in a game or two, but they're cold. And this is a great time to wake up. I know we've been having a lot of series where we should have won before this Dodgers won, but just win these two and Padres fans will be happy once again. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. The angels, their lineup, it's fairly solid. Shohei Otani is obviously the uh, the main character in there. He's gonna win AL MVP. I think that's basically a lock at this point, considering how Vlad Jr. has played of late. Justin Upton's been a very solid bat for them this year. Uh, a guy who's been turning it around for them of late is Joe Adele. He struggled last year in 2020, and he struggled to start the year in 2021, but. He's certainly been playing a lot better of late, so he's certainly got to watch out for. Brandon Marsh is also one of their top prospects. He's having a solid year for them. Jared Walsh, their first baseman, very good left-handed hitter. He's going to crush righties, so expect to see him in the lineup against Joe Musgrove on Friday. Max Stassi has been a good catcher for them, and Kurt Suzuki, he's a veteran behind the plate for them, so you can definitely watch out for him back there. David Fletcher, he's one of their better players. Their second baseman, 295 batting average. Doesn't walk, and he doesn't get a ton of extra base hits, but he'll single you to death. Jose Iglesias, 261 batting average. It's not terrible, but a lot of singles doesn't walk much. They're an okay team. They've been kind of killed by injuries because Mike Trout has only played 36 games this year. And where is he? Anthony Rendon is on the injured list. He's only played 58 games this year. So a very talented team that hasn't shown it this year. You really hope that that talent doesn't show up against the Padres this week. And of course you mentioned Otani, likely AL MVP. He's the scariest guy in this lineup that is healthy. 
sucks that we, I mean, sucks that Padres fans will not get to see him, even if he would kill us or not. But both Trout and Rendon are some of the best bats in baseball. Justin Upton, he was not in the lineup on Thursday's game. He's day to day with a calf injury, so he probably will be back for one of these two games. Um, hopefully, he gets better, of course, because Padres fans remember Justin Upton from his days here in the disappointing season, but. David Fletcher, like you mentioned, not at all a power hitter, great singles hitter, 24 doubles on the year. Jared Walsh, 0.818 OPS. And, I mean, this lineup, it's not bad. I mean, just the, the pitching is really bad on this team. But Upton has been hurt. Only He's only hitting 217 this year, 17 home runs in his 86 games. But Padres, fan, Padres pitchers should be able to shut it down this series. Otani will be fun to watch. Won't be mad if he goes yard if we end up winning the game, but I am excited to see Shohei Otani against the San Diego Padres. That'll be cool. And for this series, it'll be in an American thing ballpark. So he'll be able to DH. It'll be interesting to see how Joe Madden plays it when the angels come to town in San Diego in a week and a half. But we talked about the lineup. Let's talk about the pitching staff. I mean, it's, it's ugly. No, the way around it. Rysel Iglesias, he is their go-to guy. He has a 2.84 ERA and a 0.86 whip in 57 innings with 85 strikeouts. I mean, that is dominant stuff from Iglesias. He was a guy that I know you wanted the Potters to go out and get at the trade deadline, but the Angels, they held on to him. Steve Ciszek has been a good reliever, longtime Miami Marlins sidearm thrower. He's a 3.31 ERA in 54 innings with a 51 strikeouts. So he's having a good year. Outside of that, it is really, really ugly in the bullpen for them. Like, <laughs> it's really bad. Not, not, not one of these guys outside of Iglesias and Ciszek would even sniff the Padres' bullpen. So whoever's starting for them, and it seems like they're going to have a bullpen game on Saturday, you want to be able to get to them, and then that way you can find a way to get into their weaker arms. Sorry, bullpen, bullpen games on Friday for them. And Jose Suarez, I mean, having a, not the worst year ever, 4.06 ERA. His last four starts in the month of August, he's a 5.40 ERA this month, but he just hasn't been going deep in the games. He hasn't pitched uh, past the six since at all this season. <laughs> He's not a guy who's going to go deep in the games anyway. He hasn't thrown 90, more than 90 pitches once, but Padres can get to him early, get to the bullpen. Then maybe the bullpen will already be taxed from Friday, which would be great for the Padres lineup. Give it to him early, give it to him the entire game. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, this pitching staff is not good. Otani is really the only guy here who's a star. The three ERA for him, 8-1 record on the air. I know record isn't the best thing to look at, but only one loss for Otani in that loss column. Alex Cobb, don't need to talk about these starters too much, but Dylan Bundy, Heaney, both have a ERA over five. I'm surprised that the Angels did keep, did keep Iglesias at the deadline. 27 saves on the earth, a 2.84 ERA. I mean, I don't expect to see in the series unless it's, if it's a close game in the ninth inning, which hopefully it is not. Hopefully he's not having any save a, Hopefully he's not having been any save chances this series, but like you said, this bullpen just not good at all. Junior Guerrera has a 6.02 ERA. Quintana, I mean, he's a starter, but 6.75 ERA. 
just really not a good bullpen at all. And the Padres should be able to be able to put up runs this series. Hopefully the Padres not only put up runs, but they win the two games, maybe gain some ground on the Reds this week. You got anything else you want to say before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, we'll look up the Red Series upcoming, but I think they play the Marlins, what I looked at earlier. Sucks that they get the Marlins, but I'm just going to worry about the Padres right now, and let's win these two games. The Reds will play the Marlins, yes, in Miami. So the Marlins, they're much better at home, so maybe they'll they'll hang with them. The four games that they played the last week were all really close games between the Marlins and the Reds, so... Hopefully the Marlins can fight at home. Yeah, the Marlins are over 500 at home, 21 and 44 on the road, but the Reds are also 34 and 30 on the road, one of the best road teams in baseball. So uh, hopefully the Marlins can help out the Potters just a little bit. The, we saw the Potters went into Miami and they split the four-game series. It's going to be a three-game series between those teams. And, I mean, if the Potters take the two, then hopefully they gain a game and a half or just a half a game if the Reds go two and one. And for the Reds, I mean, it makes me feel a lot better that they lost those first two games against the Brewers. They were going against Woodruff and Burns. Brewers did have an amazing comeback down by four late, down by four to one late in the game. So the Reds had won that series. I would be a lot more disappointed. It made me feel a lot better after the first two losses that the Reds had also lost. But tough series for the Padres. And we've been saying this for the past few weeks, but time to bounce back and let's go Padres. Yep. Thank you all for tuning in to Devil's Talking Padres. We know that you're all as upset watching this team as we are. So we appreciate you coming and listening to us talk about it. It means a lot. We all love this team and we hope for the best of them, but it's not going well right now. Hopefully they do turn around against the Angels. You can find Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMster19. And you can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy2000. You can find us at eastvillagetimes.com. That's where we write. That's where we post our podcasts. Uh, East Village Times covers all of San Diego sports. The Aztecs football season starts in just over a week on the 4th. I can't wait. They just named their starting quarterback, Jordan Brookshire. We've been doing a lot of good coverage over there at San Diego State. So make sure to follow us over there. EBT underscore news for eastvillagetimes.com. This has been Dallas Talking Padres with Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Thank you. Go Padres.